DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Matt Schnell, what's up, bro? How you doing? Man, DJ? good. Good. Good to see you, man. Yes, sir. Good it's to it's be been back. a while. It's yeah. been a while. So we had a uh, we had a real good night of fights last night <laughs> here locally. Somewhat anticlimactic. Uh, <clears throat> I thought overall, though, skill-wise, everything looked good. People, people are showing out. Uh, different gyms, too. You know, uh, it wasn't just the compound, but I think there were... And there was an SMA yeah, we had a SMA. We had Louisiana Black, Black, Belt, Black Academy. Belt Academy. Yeah, yeah. And those guys came out and scrap. I think I think all those guys need to come together a little bit, though. You know, obviously. <clears throat> sorry, you good? <clears throat> I think all those guys need to come together, though, because uh, they're bringing in guys from from Houston and these places in Texas, and tough guys coming in and fighting. And uh, you know. I know how it gets. You're competitive within the city, but yeah, I think these guys could stand to come together. They all they all have something to offer. So that is a good point. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, you're right because you have so many people that um, they're larger area, right? So they can one gym covers so much. Where here we have multiple, and not that large of an area that yeah. they could collectively come together and combine all those skills and probably have. Some sure enough units come out of there like these other gyms are coming over here, you know. And I don't think it has to like obviously stick around with your people, train with your people. Uh, yeah. At the gym you're comfortable at, or what the, what's close to your home, whatever. But there should be like practices where those guys cross train or something. I think it would. Uh, I think it would be good for everybody. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of fights, so you're just you're not even a month out of your most recent victory. So congratulations. Thank you. I hadn't got to tell you that yet, yeah. and uh, a phenomenal, crazy performance, dude. Like. So what is it like, just how that turn of events happened and, and the whole fight layout, like, just run me through it real quick. Because I know you've been getting asked about it a lot and yeah. stuff, but yeah. No, but I, I'm happy to talk about it. It went well, so uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I think if things would have continued like I wanted them to, uh, I think the first round was an indication of what, I, what, what the game plan was. Um, I think a lot of people forget I won the first round, came out, and was able to contend with them on the feet, and I scored a takedown. And uh, Yeah, I, I, I think I won the, the round on everybody's cards, on all the judges' scorecards. So uh, second round, he lined me up a little bit. I, I think I got a little ahead of myself, too. Um, not that I didn't feel like he couldn't hurt me, but he hadn't yet. You think just because you were confident in that first round, you just came out the second? <clears throat> I just wanted to put pressure on yeah. him. And and I kind of got a little impatient, if I'm being honest. I, I somewhat remember the emotions and, and how I was feeling in there. So I think I got a little impatient, let it get away from me. But, uh, you know, everything came back around. I was able to stay on my feet, uh, stay somewhat, uh, you know, keep my feet underneath me, stay somewhat in the fight. And, and I think it came close there a couple times. Ref, yeah. was, ref was saying fight back, fight back. And I remember hearing that. And uh, I was just able to do enough. And then... You know, a small glimmer of light, small opportunity, hit him with a big cross, his head popped back, uh, and then I changed levels, took him down, passed straight to mount, and that was all all it was. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, the kid was tough, right, because I put him in a bad spot, I was elbowing him in the face, I hit him with some hard stuff, had him all cut up. He was still able to roll me and put me on my back, and I had to resort to triangling him off his off my back. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a great fight. Um, we got things to work on, though. That's all I could think about coming out of it because we could have, you know, probably could have submitted him in the first if I was a little sharper. And then it gets to the second, get hurt, have to have to rally and come back. But, you know, uh, mostly uh, for me, I think <clears throat> you never want to go out there and, and, and fight and get beat on. 
But for where we were in the card, where we were in the spot, it was live on ABC, big UFC card. Um, I think that it was a perfect opportunity to, to have a have it work out that way. Yeah, I mean, it definitely uh, pushed you right back up into the rankings and well deserved too. But I think that you know, so many people was like, it was a great, it was, you know, crazy comeback. I'm like, but you won the first round. Yeah. Like it wasn't wasn't so much a comeback. It's just oh, you know, just pushing through that, getting caught there, and just and, and finishing. I get it, and I get it I yeah. definitely after. After going back and watching it so many times, I, I was in trouble. So it was it was certainly comeback. I think that that's that's fair. Yeah. Well, hey, dude, it was it was great. I was excited about it, and that threw me off too because I wasn't ready. Um, the time change threw everybody off. I think yeah. the, the 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 early card, mm-hmm. and so uh, I was like, okay, I'm gonna turn it on and catch the prelims, you know, whatever. And then I turn it on, I'm like, shit, you're, you're walking out. The main card, like, yeah. yeah. It worked out. It worked out perfect though, man. So so what's uh what's next for you? What do you got coming up? Uh. December 3rd, I'm back in there, so I signed a bound agreement. I'm not sure <clears> – <throat> we're not sure yet where it's going to be, but uh, definitely December 3rd. I'm hoping it's it's stateside. We were talking about, and I think they offered me one July 19th – not July, sorry, November 19th. And November 19th, I was like, wait a second, is that Madison Square Garden? So yeah. I, I thought it was, but it wasn't. It was in Sweden or something like that. So I'm not going to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> what? So what? Yeah, what, let's talk about that. So you prefer you prefer stateside just for uh, convenience and ease of transition and everything. Yeah, I don't want to get on an airplane and fly. And I've done it. You know, I've done. Uh, I did Korea. I did Singapore. I fought all over the world. Uh, I did Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So I just I feel like I've kind of paid my dues. If they if they absolutely need me to do it, I, I guess I will. But um, if not. Then I'd like to keep it stateside. Yeah. So. Well, you have. It'd be, uh, it'd be great if it was back in Texas or Louisiana. Maybe. Yeah, no, that, that's that is a uh, man. Louisiana be awesome, man. It's just it has something's going yet. on. I don't. I yeah. don't know. I've never talked to the commissioners. You know, obviously I know those guys and I could probably chat them up, but it seems like they would let them come back to Louisiana if there wasn't something. I know at one point it was like cheap to come to Louisiana because taxes or something. Then all that stuff went away. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, there's so many great fighters. I mean, especially here locally, you mm-hmm. guys. You, we have three people in the UFC right now yeah. from from the same area, you know. And yeah. at one time, we had five, you know. So it's insane. Like me and that, Tony went to high school together. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and then you have Andrea. You had Derek, which is well, he's you know right our neighbor. And then you had Victoria. I mean, and they're Andrew and Victoria still in. And yeah, yeah man. Yeah, shoot, yeah, Victoria. Victoria just got her first UFC win. I know, dude. And How man, she uh. Ooh, she caught some hell on those two those arm breaks, dude. The issue with the arm and the yeah. But uh, it was good for her to come back and win that win that and, last and, one. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she wins quite a few more. That, that kind of seems to be how it goes. You know, you, you get a win, you kind of convince yourself you can do it, and then you <clears throat> then you get a finish, then you get another win, then then you're up there. So I know Victoria's physical. I think we've all got things to work on, but. Um, I'm rooting for. Yeah, heck yeah. Well, so who's your opponent coming up in this next fight? Um, Nicolau, Matthias Nicolau. Okay. So what do we know about this Bra- guy? Brazilian guy. He's tough. He's tough. He's had he's had some great performances here lately. Uh, he's like five and one in the UFC. So he's fought some tough competition. Beat Tim Elliott. Uh, his last one. His last one. He beat a guy named David Dvorak. And Dvorak's. Oh, Dvor- Dvorak's pretty dang tough. A guy that I was looking at from the outside, like man, this kid can uh, <clears throat> this kid can go, and, and uh, 
Nikolai was able to take him apart, beat him up, batter him. So it's a tough fight. They all are. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't come out calling his name because I think he's <clears throat> low hanging fruit. I, I called his name because I think he's going to get me uh, moving forward, and we're trying to we're trying to scale this thing. Yeah, man. I mean, you you have the momentum, and where you have it, you know, you got to take that opportunity and use yeah. it to your advantage. I mean, I feel like that every single. I mean. I mean, you're in you're in the UFC. You're at the top of the breed, and you're in the top ten. Like when you're fighting these guys, I mean, it's every single person you're fighting is no chump. You know what I mean? Yeah. These, uh, these some people. matchups are better than others. Yeah. You know, and and for the Sioux fight, we knew he was tough, but uh, we also knew that there were certain advantages that I had. So that you know, look, from from the outside looking in, I remember seeing Sioux fight coming up. And I was like, I probably don't know if I want to see this guy. He's pretty tough, but. Uh, after we broke down film a little bit, we, we knew that we would have some advantages. So that's nice. Some of these matchups are tough because you really like Nicolau. What advantages do I have? The kid can box. The kid can wrestle. He's a black belt. So there are advantages, but they're a little more nuanced. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day about just seeing how much at the level of competition you've been in there now. For how long have you been in UFC now? I got in in 2016. So okay, at the end of the year in 2016. Got you. So so, so we're we're there in there almost roughly six, five years. Yeah, five years. A little, little over. Yeah, and so like just seeing how you evolved, you know, like just from the outside looking in, like I mean, you were always a well-rounded fighter, but dude, you're everything. Like yeah. everything. Your your stand-up is like when I watch you box, and I'm just like. Holy shit, like yeah. that is, it's there. Putting know? it together. Learned how to box right here in Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. Shout out to Jake DeMint. Heck yeah. DeMint Bros Boxing. They're still over there doing their thing, and I'm proud of those guys. Home too. and stick and move over yeah. there. <laughs> and they're great. They, they got a great thing going. <clears throat> me, and, me and Jake are trying to get together, and, and uh, I need to call him while I'm here, talk to him a little bit. But we got some stuff cooking up, me and Jake DeMint. Nice. Yeah, he um he sent me a photo not too long ago or showed me one or maybe it was Grandmaster Baker of all of us at Golden Gloves. Okay. Like forever ago, That's dude. So you were probably old. like 16, <laughs> 17, something no, like that. No, no. You a little older? I was still I was probably still 20 or Okay, so. you were okay. We all looked like babies, yeah, bro. Yeah, we were we did. Yeah, I looked like I was 13. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I was like 20. Yeah. Uh, cuz I didn't start training until I was 18. Okay. You know, I, a lot of people think that I started when I was 16, like like Braden and these guys, I didn't. I started when I was 18 years old. I walked into a gym and started fighting. So, but yeah, learn to box. Uh, that, that, that's that's when I learned to box. Yeah. I put it together, you know, and, and I've I had other instructions since. But yeah, I, I think to, I learned how to fight here in Shreveport. Yeah, I think it's just I don't know. It's just the, the competition. Once as the height of the competition well, grows, it, I think it just yeah, it brings the best out yeah, of you, right? Yeah, because you, like. I, and I used to wonder how I would respond to when I was fighting somebody who I didn't necessarily have all the advantages over. Because coming up, like locally, it was always like, all right, I'm, I, you know, when when I was going into fights, I don't think you guys were ever worried. Like this guy's probably better grappler than right. Chanel. You know, it was like, all right, if Chanel gets him on the ground or whatever, we always had big advantages coming up. And I, I used to wonder, like, what's it going to be like getting ready for a fight where. I'm not sure if I have any advantages. Yeah, I think it's it, – yeah, I mean, it, you yeah. can't slouch. You can't slouch anywhere, but – it, It's made me get a lot better, yeah. I would say. I yeah, think for that's, sure. Um, because, yeah. like like I said, you always were great at those things, but, like, seeing it put together now, it's just like, dude, this 
like even like when we're doing the commentary and you're calling stuff i mean the the elite level of your know, experience you have makes you able to see everything like you literally i feel like you see everything yeah no i appreciate that and I, that, that's something i really enjoy and it's been fun doing the commentary with you guys and uh hope to continue to to keep doing that stuff and have more opportunities moving forward to doing other types of commentary but uh, i've learned a lot by by us working together and it's been good do you think that doing that commentary helps you like well let me ask you this so you, you you're saying watching tape like there's so many fighters that still don't do that mm. that's I, I really don't do that much but honestly do, do, don't do let me you, don't let me your, sit up here and lie do your coach or, oh yeah okay so that's one they saying. break like, down more yeah, film than right, i do right and that's, it, it drives me crazy right yeah yeah because they're seeing everything from the outside and they're just like okay and they're implying that but do you think it helps like watching comment like commentating and seeing things and yeah, I think it helps with the skill of commentating. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it, I don't know if it like transitions into fighting, but because uh, it's it's something all in its in itself, and uh, it's been nice kind of being able to to do the commentary back to back here over the last uh, month. Yeah, because that's just just being able to rep it. Uh, it. It would be nice. I need to talk to Amber. I need to get a good solid schedule so I can make sure I'm here for them all. But uh, I, it, it's been great. It's been great. I've enjoyed it. I hope to continue to to keep cultivating that. Yeah, skill. I feel like you get rusty. It's kind of like ring rust, like we were it's talking about exactly. last night. Like when you're like, because I I missed the last two shows and I felt like kind of weird at first last night. Yeah, not to mention like sometimes if you come in and you if, like you're hungry or something, <laughs> like I get spacey. Yeah. I, I've got to like get a snack. I've got to eat something because even last night because. The fights were finishes, and they they went well. I was happy about that. But there's no break. There's there wasn't really much of a break, and and yeah, I got a little spacey there. I'm, I'm gonna need to bring like a snack. Or something. <laughs> Put a sandwich on the yeah. desk, bro. Some carbs. Get, yeah. Get uh, get fueled up a little bit. But. Well, how's your um? Let's talk about before. So it's been a it's been a crazy year for you, and I haven't seen you. Um, sorry to hear about the passing of your mom too. By yeah. the way, man, I, I hate to hear that. Yeah. But you bring before even before that. Like, you had some issues with weight, and there was some drama. What happened with all that? Oh, we're talking about Perez. Yeah, Okay, okay. Um, So, that was a fight. For whatever reason, that fight just can't come together. I know, it was weird, man. It's like, it's multiple times it's happened. It's a tough fight. I think both of us have a lot of respect for each other. So, when I fought, when I fought Bontran, I was supposed to fight... Uh, Perez. Okay. Yeah. So I was. Supposed, I, I think I filled in on that like seven weeks out. They yeah. asked me to fight Perez, and I was like, okay, it's about a full camp. Let's do it. We'll fight Perez. And then Perez got hurt, uh, and then Bontran filled in, and then I fought Bontran. That one got turned over to a no contest. They remade the Perez fight. Uh, I think it was December 11th. I was supposed to fight, and that was the night Poirier fought Oliveira yeah. for the title. It was a big card, big spot. I was really excited. Uh, so I cut weight. My weight cut was tough, if I'm being honest. I, I just kind of prolonged it a little more because it had, it had been a minute since I went to 25 because when I fought Bontran, that was at 35. Okay. And, and this was December. I fought Bontran in May. So it was just – anyways, I, I I made weight, though. It was just it was just a tough one. And, and then after I made weight, like I get to the back and I, I just needed a second. I sat down. Uh, in the back, and I should have just walked out. But anyways, Nevada State Athletic Commission, they were there. I, I weighed in at, at a time when when nothing was going on. Like, I was the only person weighing in. It was like 10 o'clock rather than weighing in in the morning. So there was a lot was of attention busy. on you then, yeah. So there was a lot of attention on me. People were looking for me. And uh, 
I was just I was just having you know when like I don't know if you've cut a lot of weight. Before. Yeah, I've cut yeah. I cut fifty pounds that last one. <laughs> God bless. So yeah, dude. You, you know when you're there and you start taking your fluids back on, sometimes they just don't feel good coming back on and i was like getting nauseous and and then i drank something cold and they gave me the chills so these guys these uh athletic commission uh they're medical professionals like emts and and there was a doctor they were checking in on me and everything was checking out this doctor comes over though and you know i probably don't look great i I cut weight uh but he kind of comes over and and checks on me and you know checks my heart rate and he's like his heart rate's off the charts and and, and and then it's like he can't fight he called called the fight and uh, obviously I I was really upset yeah and uh, I mean 10 minutes later I was fine they did yeah. give me an IV that that's the thing I, they were trying to give me an IV the whole time and I knew once they gave me an IV they were going to scratch the fight because IVs are illegal yeah uh, in in competition or or you know I don't know. I, th- I think if a doctor does approve it, though, it might be okay. You might still be able to compete depending on the, the state you're in, but definitely not in Nevada. So once they gave me that IV, the fight was done. Yeah, I knew I knew that there was – I knew you had made weight, but there were some issues there right after, and I didn't know – You know, I hadn't really heard or talked to you about yeah, it yet. And then, then Perez actually missed weight uh, that time, but he only missed by like a quarter pound. It would have been no harm, no foul. But they already called the fight. Yeah. And Perez weighed in after me, and he missed weight. Damn. I made weight. And they they scratched the fight because of me. Well, it's funny to me, too. They said the heart rate thing. Like, dude, your heart rate's going to be up. Of course. It's going to be up. Yeah, of <laughs> course. I'm, I'm dehydrated. Yeah. I don't feel good. I'm uh, – yeah, I made that one tough on myself though. The the last three have been much better, and I'm getting better at. It. I'm I'm bigger. I'm bigger now than I've ever been. I can tell that was going to be my next question. I feel like you've got it sorted out now. It looks like you know yeah. you've made these easy. I've I've just and, and and the weight comes off and it comes back on because there for a while I, I wasn't putting weight back on. Like I would cut to 25 and only get back to like 37, 38. But now I'm putting way more than that you, is it a diet thing is it a, a is it a rest thing what is it i think i think probably a little bit of everything <laughs> well i got a little girl and yeah. I, I like finish her leftovers every night i think <laughs> i'm just packing on an extra few no but but i am able to cut the weight a little better uh it, it has been coming off uh but yeah i think i'm just older bigger yeah, putting on muscle. I think I'm sleeping better. I sleep better because my little girl sleeps good. There you go. But she gets up at 7 a.m., so I got to be in bed by no later than midnight. If yeah. I'm if I'm not in bed by midnight, I'm I'm gonna be useless the next day. So, but I try and get get in bed around when I'm when I'm in a camp. I'll get in bed around 10. Have you always been? Uh, that's something I've noticed here lately. It's like I'm wearing these this whoop strap thing. I don't know if you've seen these things. They're yep. amazing though, dude. I got a I got an aura ring. Okay, then yeah, you know, yeah. So like. I've been monitoring that because we're getting into the CrossFit competition space more and more as we, you know, evolve here and get a little better at what we're doing. And uh, my wife and I, but like I've noticed that like for the longest time, I thought I didn't need that much sleep because I would wake up and feel fine. You know, wake up, boom, hit the ground running and go. But looking at the numbers now, it's like, holy shit, dude, I have to have at least six and a half. Like I have to have that. If not, dude, my recovery is down to 50% or lower. Yeah. And my and my heart, my uh, HRV, you know, my heart rate availability, and then my 
my resting heart rate too. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane what what all changes once you just the slight you know hour or two of sleep that you're maybe missing. You yeah. know, adding it back in. No, but have you always got plenty of rest, or you've been? I don't think so. I yeah. definitely, I've definitely never been good at that. Especially when I lived in Florida, I was living in this dirty apartment with some degenerates. And I, I just, <laughs> I'd stay up all night playing video games, roll out the next day, and getting to training right at 10 a.m. with nothing in my like no food in me and no nah, I was I was a dummy but but that's you know that's that's been one of the positives I think of being a family man yeah. that, that's kind of put me on a routine and I have to stick to it and I think that it's had positive benefits and I do believe like my hormones and things like that have balanced out over this time because I feel better I'm stronger I'm I'm, I'm fighting better than I've ever fought I'm as you know, my endurance is as good as it's ever been, and I'm a little, I'm a little more injury prone now. Like I can't sit here and say I'm as good as I've ever. You know, yeah. I don't feel age because right. I'm 32 years old, and I've been doing this for 13 years, running into people's freaking fists for a long time. <laughs> I got, I got 40 sanctioned bouts. You know, dude, you're up that high. Gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. So, yeah, you, you definitely have some time in there. Yeah. Well, like been doing this. The, what's the you're saying endurance? So what's that look like now? What's your endurance training look like now? Like you say, it's the best it's ever been. Are you doing something different? You just have it dialed I, in with I everything. I think I have it dialed in with everything. I have a better understanding of how to breathe. Uh, I, I do have a strength and conditioning coach that I see twice a week. That we don't do anything crazy. It's typically just uh, we're, we're typically just doing circuits, yeah. you know, and, and you know, make, making the heart rate spike and trying to bring it back down. That that's all we do. Uh, but it, it makes me feel better. I'm running miles too. I've run my miles. Is it just uh, like? Are you just doing like long running? Or are you doing like s- sprints and you're stopping? You, you know, some like you said, heart rate. Your heart rate spiking and going back down. I think that's the big. We talked about it a little bit last time you were on, but like I think that's the biggest thing is like people just go and do a regimen. They don't really have one. You know what I mean? They just go and like do some strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. but they're not really paying attention Working to what towards anything. What and it applies I, I think, in the I cage. Think, you know? I think that's what all this stuff is good for. Like yeah. tracking your heart rate, uh, tracking, you know, how long you can push or, or you know, like, cause, because you can improve on that stuff and you can track that stuff over a camp. And like, I get to a place in my camp, no matter what, where I feel like I didn't do enough. And if you can look back at numbers and say, well, I've actually progressed. You know, yeah. it, it does put you at ease a little bit. But that being said, with the tracking, the, I had to stop tracking my sleep. <laughs> the reason being is is every day I would look at it and it wouldn't be exactly what I wanted it to be. I, I feel like I would let it affect what I was doing. Uh, Whereas when I now that I ignore it, I just try and get to bed. I know that sleep is important, but I don't know if I necessarily need to track that stuff. And that's just me. I think a lot of people are different, but for me it was driving me nuts. And I would find that... Like, since I don't track it now, like, sometimes you wake up and you feel okay, but this thing then tells you, like, you didn't sleep very good, and then, it's then tricky. you start being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't train so hard today. And yeah. Like, I would let myself out of stuff because my freaking ring maybe was sitting inside. I, I yeah. have no idea. Who knows? And, and, and didn't read the right way that I wanted it to, or maybe I didn't rest as well as I wanted to. And I can't let that stuff affect me. I still got to get out there and train. So I, I stopped tracking that. But... Uh, yeah, we, we definitely I, – I run. Uh, we do sprint work. We, we do a lot of, like, drills and sparring and, and uh, you know, I, I do circuit training leading up to it. Like, we'll, we'll like, simulate on, on Saturdays instead of sparring hard rounds because I'll spar on Tuesday and I might spar on Friday. So on Saturdays instead of sparring hard rounds, sometimes I'll just do, like, a circuit, and that's just heart rate uh, stuff, like making sure – 
grappling hard, hitting pads, yeah. slamming the bat, like just literally pushing that threshold a little bit. Yeah, I think the only way to replicate that is to actually do that and then continually it, work on it. Yeah. But like when you get in there and you're in a heated, we saw some exchanges last night where people gas out early, especially guys who aren't that experienced mm-hmm. yet. You get into a heated grappling match or, or something against the cage, which is always so grueling. And your your heart rate spikes to one seventy. You know what I mean. And you I think, keep you keep we, it there for thirty seconds. Gases you out. Yeah, it makes you tired. Unless you're and, and unless you up and down too, huh? Imagine your yeah. heart rate's all the way, and then you freaking stand yeah. to your feet, and it's like, <gasps> yeah. I I, th- I think we all could breathe better. You know, like just having the wherewithal to make sure. <sighs> You're keeping that nice steady breath, and that's something that also that I'm trying to implement and, and work on uh, fundamentals, but try, trying to keep it basic. Uh, but going back to Perez and, yeah. and the weight thing, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he he they canceled the fight because of me. He kind of still missed weight by like a quarter of a pound, no big deal. So then uh, they 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 want to make the fight. Immediately, like we're talking, we're back into conversation about making the fight, and I was, I, I didn't want to go the next weekend because I would have had to cut weight again. It was a tough yeah. cut. I would have gotten there though. I, right. I would have gotten there. I would have been fine. It would have sucked. Uh, but Perez said he couldn't make weight the next weekend again. So like, understandable. But then he couldn't make weight six weeks later either, and then it turned into ten weeks later. It happened to be in Houston, which worked out. So it was like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll fight in Houston. Uh, and then it'll be 10 weeks later. Gives him plenty of time to make weight. And then fight week happens, shows up. I, I make weight. They call me, though, the, the night I'm cutting, and they tell me he's not going to make weight. Tell me he's he's stuck at 130. I don't know if I should say that. But, uh, yeah, the, the, their management reached out to my coach and told him, like, hey, he's probably not going to make weight. Now, it did come in at 128, so I took that as a sign of goodwill. The thing that irritated me the most is that he weighed in before I did. Yeah. You know, because uh, – I cut the night before to like 127, expected to float, but I was all stressed out. I didn't float any weight. I walk, woke up and still had to cut like 0.4, and it just trickled off, came off slow. I, I kind of wasted time, thought that I, I, I could just fart around and maybe it would float off, and nothing floated off, so I ended up having to sweat it off. But he weighed in at like 9.15 and, and missed – at 128 and started drinking back on. I Didn't even like, try. Like, yeah. well, I say that, man. Look, man, look. Yeah. yeah you, but I, I understand the frustrations when I'm and, getting and, at. And like, I understand where he's at, yeah, too, yeah. because the thing is, like, I don't know if I'd get, if I was, if I had been rotting and I thought I was at the end and thought I might be dying or whatever, you never know what these guys are thinking. Uh, I might not get back in there either, but I'm going to weigh in at 11 at the last minute. Yeah. As a sign of goodwill. Right. You know, maybe, maybe another. Point two floated off before then. It just so, looks a little better. What's that? Is that fight going to happen? Do you want that fight anymore? Is it? Are we past that now? Since we're you know moving momentum. He, he up just and, got submitted by uh, Pantoja. I okay. mean, Pantoja came out and submitted him in the first round, and and uh, that had been the first time he fought since he fought for the title because he fought Davison Figueredo like Damn, two, two and a half years yeah. ago, and then this was his first time back. Pantoja came out and took it from him. So for me, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of aiming upward. Yeah, I right. guess we we could come back to that matchup at some point. He's going to be around for a long time. I, I'm sure I'll fight Alex Perez before it's all said and done. Yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, we we'll go back to this this uh, recovery thing because well, you said you it bothers you. It, it I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. But I've noticed like I've noticed like if I go hard, 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 and I'm talking about like I'm having like an 18 point strain that day, and I've worked out like maybe in the morning and that evening. 
<clears throat> and then I fuck up and may just have one drink that night, dude. It you can see it, like you oh, can really? see it. Yes, you can see it. It's okay. insane. So that just tells me like. Stop doing that. You yeah. know what I mean? People are like, I'll just have that one drink in the evening, dude. When you've put your body through so much and then you add that in there yeah. just to slightly dehydrate you more, right. it shows up the next day. Yeah, and I, I don't think that people really recognize how much and and, and so like I I'm a cannabis guy. Right. I, I, I use cannabis uh and, and I think the old the old thought is, well, it helps me sleep, but in actuality it doesn't help you sleep. It really doesn't. It's not good for your sleep. Alcohol isn't good for your sleep. Neither neither is cannabis. Uh, neither is anything really that's a depressant like that. It's it's going to mess up your system in some capacity. Uh, and sleep is so important. Going back to it, like I think we all used to think, like ah, whatever. You sleep when you're dead. Well, yeah. How much sleep do I need? Yeah, for a long five time. hours, I feel okay. <clears throat> but no, you need you need seven to eight hours of sleep every night. That there's no doubt about it. You'll feel a lot better. Do it for a week and tell me how you feel. You know, sleep eight hours. Yeah, especially if you're if you're training hard. Yeah. Like if you're putting yeah. like. My days right now are like Monday. Even if, even if you're stressed, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. well, that's stress. It's it tough because we have kids, and I yeah. get that. But man, put your kids on a schedule. That's the thing. Like, I, I, a bunch of my buddies, and I know all kids are different, but they all struggle with their kids sleeping. But there's no, like Penny's Penny's bedtime's been seven thirty since she was knew yeah. anything about anything so that's yeah. that's just how it is she goes down at seven thirty. she she wakes up at seven o'clock well i think that's good too starting them early and getting them structured to where they you know they have that like we'll, a, we'll see though we'll see how things work because you know i'm about to have another and he might yeah. come out and be like so, listen dude you don't know anything about anything i so sleep when i want to. what's the date on this new the new boy coming soon man uh, he'll be he'll, he's doing january okay do you have or, a name yet january. are y'all not yeah, announcing that or no, we're gonna name him matt Schnell Jr. Awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Good name Jr. Little danger. Little, little MC <laughs> Schnell. Matthew Christopher Jr. Awesome. What made you come up with that? Well, we, we've, choose gone, that? Yeah, we've gone back and forth on a bunch of different names. And honestly, that wasn't uh, it wasn't something that was even on my radar. I didn't really consider it. But my wife my wife kind of put it out there. And once she said it, I was like, I, I like that. And that's, yeah. that's been it. So uh, subject to change, I suppose, if something better comes to mind. But... As of now, yeah, I think I think we're gonna name him Junior. I like it. So, what what are you uh, looking forward to? I'm having a. You've had a girl this this whole time. You've been stay at home dad, pretty much training, fighting, and just being a dad. Yep. What are you looking forward to, to adding this little dude in the mix? I think it's gonna be tough. I think it's gonna be good for Penelope's development more than anything. Uh, not that only child syndrome is the worst thing. A lot of, but. For me, I'm I'm so thankful that I had my brother and my sister because they they taught me how to face the world and and taught me how to contend because I had to contend with them every single day, and my brother is a, a very smart fella. My sister is also very smart, vicious and vindictive. So I had to learn how to, <laughs> to you know contend and yeah. and take care of myself. And because of that, uh, I can contend with the world and I can face this thing. So. That that's what I hope it brings for Penelope. Teaches her a little bit of how to share. Got to got to share, mommy. Got to share time. You know, we got this, we got that. So it'll be good for her. That's that's what I'm most looking forward to. Uh, but I, I don't know as far as the dynamic of having a boy as opposed to a girl. All I know is a girl, and it's been so great. Uh, and and I kind of I wouldn't have even been mad if, if this was another girl. You know, yeah, that would have that would have been just fine too. I think it would have been familiar, and I'd be pumped. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. For me, I just have to make sure that I'm not too hard on him. That's kind of what I fear. If 
fatherhood is tough, especially, you know, your, your own son. So yeah, you have to look at all the adversity you face and try not to, you know, see, you know, lay it out for them, not give them the same thing, but also not be too, you know, too yeah. lenient. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to baby him, right? But I don't want to be too rough on him, right? And I feel like it's, it's always going to be me trying not to be too rough on him. Yeah. But that being said, like I. There, there needs to be a little bit of it. There will be expectation. There will be accountability within my household. That goes for my daughter and my son. So uh, I'll hold them accountable. Uh, but I'll, I'll try to do it in an encouraging way that ho- helps you know cultivate them, uh, their best selves, their best personalities. And, and we'll see how it goes. I, I, think, uh, I think I'm up for the task. My wife's a wonderful woman. I picked a good one. So... Uh, Really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, they. Uh, I think it is important to have a sibling, though. I think that. I mean, not nothing against the only child, but you I had think, siblings. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm the oldest. I have eight younger siblings. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, You're so, from a big family. Yeah. So, well, my my mom has seven. I'm the oldest of seven, and wow. then my dad has three, including me. So they, they split. I'm the only one of them. Okay. And then he has three, and I so I have two younger oh, on that okay. side. Yeah, but eight nice. total, they're all half. Yeah. But yeah, man. So I. But I think it is important to at least have one. You know, just because when these kids go off and go to school whatever they're yes they are interacting with other children and stuff but they're not they still will come home and kind of get catered to and i think it is good to have a little competition in the household yeah. as well you know what i mean i think it's great for them yeah we have a boy and a girl and it's uh it's great because the, the girl is oh my god dude we have a girl you know how it is like the, the littlest thing sometimes it's just so dramatic and then boys just like whatever he don't care you know what i mean mm-hmm. but uh it, they're too completely different to, Did, to manage Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, but there are yours are going to be two two years apart, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And me and my closest brother were two years apart. But I think that it's a, just a comp- competitive thing or or a jealous thing. Oh, this one got this. Why didn't I get this? You know, kind as of thing. they should, as yeah. they should. I think that's the best. I think part it's good of for them, it. man. Yeah, it's good for them. They should be at each other's throat a little bit. I should be like, I'll turn this motherfucking thing around. Don't make me come back there. That's right. That's what growing up is. Oh yeah, dude. You got to give them a little threat, even though you're really not going to do anything. Put a little fear in them. You know. What I mean, like, <laughs> I threatened Penelope all You want to pop pop on your butt? She ain't, she ain't never got her butt popped. She don't even know what that is. Oh man, well, let's talk about these um, these fights last night, dude. So we had um we had a good night. We got to hang out with Matt Hughes, yeah, UFC Hall cool. of Famer, man. Um, it was it was cool to be in the room with him again, and then. That's my a, first time meeting Matt. Oh, it was. So, yeah, oh, yeah, dude. Cool. He's he's cool. He's real. Yeah. He's a real nice guy. You know, from what he went through, and yeah. then you know to bounce back and still be able to maneuver and sure. be in the space and be a part of everything and support the sport still. You know, I yeah. think it's awesome. Seems like he's enjoying it too. Yeah. Um, we had a man, Steve, the average Jones man. I feel so bad. You know that that he was there. I felt like he won the first round. He was doing great, and then um, you know it was a title defense. For his welterweight title and AKA a pro welterweight title, and then his opponent checked the kick just right, man. And I believe it looked like he broke his tibia. I'm not sure, but had a rough break. Looks like I didn't see the clean break, but I saw the way his leg was yeah. sitting. I think he definitely, definitely broke that thing. And yeah. The noise it made. Oh. That that's the risk you run with that low calf kick, and it, it has been. You know, I think it dominated the. You know, what when was it, it started? Rearing its ugly Probably started about two years ago, three yeah, years about, ago maybe. about 2020, and, yeah. and people started like really taking fights. And, and I mean, we were talking about it. Steve had success with that calf kick early on. Yeah. Uh, he almost got – I mean, in the, in, the second, in the first round, he 
dude was switching stances, really, really in a bad spot. But yeah, good on, good on the Alabama Hammer. Yeah, for for making the adjustment. I recognized it too. I I thought that he he had, and he had to because he was getting his leg chewed up. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But that's the risk we run with with throwing that low calf kick and. Well, it's a it's a risk you run getting in there at all. You know, potential for injury is always there yep. as soon as you close that cage. Yeah, but that's kind of – those are some of the worst ones. Yeah, that's – oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we saw Anderson Silva. Look, I mean, I don't really feel like he ever bounced back from that, yeah. dude. I mean, that was that was detrimental, though, you know. And then Connor had that issue, too, with Poirier. I mean, like, it's a different – that was a different injury, but still, like, man, it – oh. It's just hard. Like, you see someone who's been off a little while. I mean, for, like, I can I can remember how I felt last night. It was like, oh, oh yeah. no, I can't believe I just saw that happen. Holy heck. Poor Steve Jones. God bless. Yeah. The dude's, he's a good dude, too. He's a great, he's a great opponent, man. He, he, he fights really well. He's well-rounded. Was looking good out there. Yeah. Yeah, and he hasn't fought in a while for... Okay, either I don't know what his last. I believe he lost his last fight, but yeah, he, but he did have plenty of wins before he that. Was, he was on a little two fight skid. I yeah. think it was a decision and something else that happens when when you fight. Sometimes you pick up L's, but you just got to keep it going. And he was he was looking good. It, it had been seven months since he had been in there, but yeah, unfortunate, really unfortunate. Well, um, let's talk about this. So you're in this trading card world, and I, dude, I don't know anything about it. Like I was, we were talking before. Like I, I did like the Pokemon card thing when I was yeah. a kid. You know, well, but you, like, then you know about it more than you think you do. Yeah, but like, tell me about this because this world's so foreign to me. Yeah. But I'm always interested to learn like about this stuff, and I know it's so, it's it's very very big. Like I know you you guys are trading stuff. You're opening cases online. You're 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 looking at you know, giving. Your insight on all these just tell me about it because I'm like I said I don't know much yeah so uh, I, I we all probably collected sports cards as kids just yeah. like baseball cards and collecting guys that we liked and um, I think it, there, there's always been a market for that card collector you know we, we know of like the Michael Jordan rookie cards and uh, there, there's the there's the Honus Wagner uh, card and and, and and Babe Ruth and, and really nice like old school cards out there. Well, now those cards are worth millions of dollars. And th- there's a market out here that's really strong, and it's it's kind of gone like this over the, the the last few years. But it started in the pandemic, and uh, this market really took off again. And for me, I'm into I'm into football cards and UFC cards because now the UFC but, has their own uh, deal with Panini, which nice. makes which has the the uh, NFL and NBA trading cards. So they're making they're making cards in these sets that I'm familiar with that I already collect, and now like my cards are in it. So it's it's been really neat. It's been really cool. Uh, but yeah, this is something I got involved in. Um, I, I collected when I was a kid. And then in 2017, I started kind of playing around with it again because I'd find cards at like Target and stuff like that. And, and I liked the Saints rookie class that year. That's when they drafted Kamara and uh, Ramchak and, and Marshawn Lattimore. They had a really great draft class that year. So I, I, I went after that. And uh, when I pulled it out a couple years later, I had some Mahomes rookie cards, and they were really, really valuable. And I was like, oh, heck. I mean, they were like – Three hundred, four hundred dollar pieces of cardboard. Yeah, that's was like I it's was just like, insane to think the of the value of yeah. that, you know. Like, but now we're in the age of digital currency too, and I feel like it seems like <clears throat> I'm a very, very um, 
novice stock trader, you know what I mean? But like, I feel like it's similar to that. Like you're it, taking it a gamble, is, yeah. you know, like possibly this card. That, that's a good way to put it because yeah. that you, you literally are, you're buying into these players stocks, yeah. you know? And if, if so Patrick Mahomes, his first year, he didn't play his rookie season, but his, his sophomore season, he won the MVP. And if you would have gotten into the Patrick Mahomes market in 2017, you'd have million dollar cards insane, right now. Dude. That's insane and people didn't about. know that. I didn't know that either. I wish I did because if I did, I'd go back and I'd have millions of dollars in Patrick Mahomes cards. But uh, people people invest in guys every year. What got me back into it uh, this time in 2020 was Joe Burrow. Yeah. Because Joe Burrow, 2019, national champion, first overall pick. I was like, I'm going to go get me some dang Joe Burrow rookie cards. So I invested in Joe Burrow quite a bit lot into his stock and i'm hoping that it pays off over the long run so it's fun it's a way to kind of gamble it's just another way to yeah it's it's similar to cryptocurrency and things like that or the stock market uh and what's great about these things is they never go to zero like even if joe burrow tore his acl tomorrow and was done for his career knock on wood somebody would still purchase that card it just wouldn't go for the premium that it's going for now well so being so being a lot of these guys like you have to be a sports fan. I mean, you have to be somewhat educated on what you're buying into, right? You can't which, just which I am. I'm a sports right, fan. Right, right. I'm a UFC fan too. Right. So th- that's the reason, like I, I kind of gravitate towards those card markets because mm-hmm. I know them. Uh, I think it helps me with fantasy football because, because like I know depth charts and I, dude, I, I still don't understand the fantasy football oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just hadn't gotten into yeah, that. But yeah. That's a whole other thing. It's yep. like a whole other algorithm there. Sure is. But sure it's like is. I get. I mean, I understand the premise of it. You're putting together, you know, a team of these picks and hoping that combined stats, you're gonna it'll place yeah. you in a. And, and it's pretty simple for for like football. Only quarterbacks really sell. That's who yeah. you're after. You're after the quarterbacks. There's some, uh, a couple of like running backs here and there. Wide receivers like Jamar Chase sells pretty well. But the the market's pretty easy to understand. It's not rocket science. Um, Basketball is way more involved because there's there's way more going on and it's a much more global sport. Guys are coming from all over the place, but the basketball card market's really healthy too. UFC's coming along. It's uh, it's brand new, but it's coming along. Like some of my cards, you'd be surprised. They'd well, be see, I need I need prices. to yeah. We were talking about that. I need to invest. I want to invest in some just because I'm well versed in that. I think I'm yeah. not well versed. I'm not a huge football fan, and I know forever it's always been baseball, baseball, baseball. Mm-hmm. But it's it seems to be so much more broad and um. You have other, you know, if you're not a baseball fan, you can get into, like you said, football or basketball. Basketball seems to be rising as well, yeah. and um, and then UFC's exciting. Pokemon's you know? a good a good play, too, and the yeah. reason is people say, like, Charizard doesn't tear his ACL. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He's always up. Charizard's always good, up. Good point, dude. Yeah. No, and what's, what's so frustrating is I had all those cards 15 years ago, yeah. you know, or no, probably 20 years ago, I guess. Um, yeah, and I had those, and they were immaculate condition, and I would literally be a millionaire right now. Yeah. It's just frustrating to yeah. think about. I don't even know where they're at. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how it goes. That's how it yeah. goes. Somebody's going to find them in a dingy attic one day and be a millionaire themselves. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's always, I guess, that's what's interesting to me, too, is the Pokemon thing's not based on someone, you know, performing. You know, it's not based on an idol or, or, or something, you know, someone who's, you know, has all these accolades. It's a, it's just a, fictional element on a piece of cardboard yeah. you know with some foil on it like and it's crazy I, I think i think um when you're trying to understand nfts and things like Same that time. it's just it's just uh you know owning something that is 
that is somewhat rare yeah. or nostalgic in some capacity because the reason those Pokemon cards came back so big is because as we aged, we like yearned to have them again. Yeah. And they're more rare the further away from their print date that, that you get because they get destroyed, they get lost, they get this, they get that. But they're out there. They're out there. There's some in, in really great condition and people are willing to pay a premium for them. So. Well, so – yeah, I mean, nostalgia drives the market price of everything yep. up. Like, so if you're getting into a card now, like, so if you're into football or whatever, so is it like these, there's only a limited amount made. And so you try to get them based on how this per- player's yeah, going to perform. You, you want to focus on the rare stuff. Like okay. today, it, even in 2017, Mahomes' rookie year, there were way less sets, there were way less cards. So, like, a base rookie card from 2017 is valuable. But a, a base rookie card from today, ten, like of the best guy even, like Mac Jones last year, base optic, it's like a $20 card. Yeah. So it's nothing It's nothing too crazy. You get it graded, it grades a 10, it might be a, like 200 bucks, something like that. So there there are margins and ways. But for me, like my collection consists, I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on the rare stuff. I'm trying to get the low number parallels and things like that because I think that's the stuff that holds value over time. And if I had advice on anybody to anybody who was wanting to get into it, I would say just focus on the legends, focus on the guys who have already established themselves. Tom Brady, his market's going to be strong still in another 10 years. Of course, Jordan and those guys, LeBron James, like those are the guys you go after. And though it's cliche, if you, if you want to like get something, like say you're trying to diversify your, uh, Assets. Portfolio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you wanted like a like okay, I've got I've got a bar of gold, I've got cash, I've got right. this. I want something else that's gonna hold value or may go up. Like if you if you so even Michael Jordan PSA tens, they were going for like eight hundred thousand dollars a couple years that's ago. That's insane. Now they're down to about one ten. So right. it's it's in a dip. Say you were like, Okay, I think these things will go back up. Buy, buy two of them at $110,000. That's crazy. But there's people out there with that money who are willing to do it. They go back and look at it four years from now, they're, they're, they're worth $400,000. It's like, yeah. holy crap. You can't, yeah, you That's can't how you do it. You can't really estimate or foresee what it's going to do. It's just like someone telling, like Warren Buffett used to say the stock market. I can't foresee what it, what it right. you know, can't foresee or tell you what it's going to be, but, but it's always going to go up. There is less risk in investing in like a Michael Jordan than, than like a LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Right, Lamelo Ball hasn't won six NBA championships right. yet. He's not the goat. You don't want to put one hundred and ten thousand dollars necessarily, though. Though that might pay off too, because there was a story last year from a guy that that bought a, a, a Joe Burrow one of one for like forty G's, and then at the end of the year he sold it for two hundred and forty G's after uh, right before Burrow played in the Super Bowl. So well, there's like, some brands. You, what, what brands do you want to buy? Because this, this, uh, this is all education for me, too. Yeah. People, listen, if, you, if you're if you bored, I'm sorry, but I don't care. Like, no, no, you, this is, this is uh, you're passionate about this, and I'm saying people that are listening, if they're bored, screw them, I don't care. Yeah. But like, you, so like, I know there's certain brands that don't, that aren't valuable. Aren't as valuable. Right, aren't as valuable. Like, so what's the... So, here recently, Panini is, is the is the one that you're looking for the and their best sets are like prism that's prism is typically king in but but if you go back like if say say you're like you you've got you've got to you've got to know what era you're looking in because mm-hmm. if you're looking for if you're looking for like Drew Brees rookie cards Panini didn't have the licensing in 2000 
year 2000. It was still like Tops right. and, and Bowman. That was Chrome, my next question. Tops was a like big that. player yeah. for a while, but for they're while. not so much so now. So Tops has baseball. Panini has basketball and NBA. Okay. But they all got – but Fanatics just got all the licenses. So – it's all in a, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff and it's it's a bunch of nerdy card yeah. stuff that yeah I mean well then there's, there's a whole bunch also, of stuff going on there's stuff too where you can make your own cards now and stuff like that isn't I've seen that out there like yeah people do it yeah people do it. people like custom cards yeah. and things like that but yeah you want to be in the set like, so so how many cards do you have out there right now uh I, I don't know the exact number um I don't know the exact number my true rookie card though is the 2020 prism okay. It's it's like a it's like a horizontal card. It's me me fighting Tyson Nam. Okay, that's my. Which true is a phenomenal card. fight too. That yeah. was a great fight. So so uh, that's what's considered my true rookie. But there's there's a bunch of rookie sets too that I've collected quite a bit. So of. So what's a Matt Schnell going for right now? Uh, so right after my fight, I went after a, a card at a ten on eBay. Yeah, and I max bid at, at like one thirty, a hundred thirty dollars for, and it, it's a it's a gold parallel out of 10 so there's okay. only 10 of them right so they're pretty rare uh, but I, I, w- I was thinking because with, with five seconds left it was at like 90 bucks and i was like okay 130 bucks that should get it done i think it went for like 240 damn eight so or, or something like that 240 250 bucks some somewhere in there so i mean that the market's pretty good your i think stock is, your stock is rising it, for sure it, it's it's on the rise yeah and uh as as it should be well, what does one of these sets like? One of these sets come from like where you get a set like you can't just buy a single card unless it's something that's already been opened, right? So you have to buy a set hoping that, it'll be on, in there. That's honestly the way that you would want to do it. You want to buy, buy singles off. Buy singles, eBay. okay? Yeah, because that's the that's the cheapest. But way. if you go buy a pack, you're just hoping you get something. You're just good hoping in there. you get something. Yeah, and and you could you could pull a match Chanel card. You could pull a dang gold. Uh, who, who is it? Right, the, my year was Kamzat Chimaev. Yeah, like if if you if you pull the low number Cosmot, it'd be worth a couple thousand dollars if you got it graded. That's insane. What does Conor McGregor go for? Does he really have a market there? Yeah, he'll, yeah. he's got a market. He'll always yeah. have a market. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're gonna like, if you're getting in the UFC market, you're not gonna you're not gonna go wrong investing in Conor McGregor. Yes, yeah. he, he's gonna go up. He's yeah. gonna keep going up. That's just crazy. I mean, it's it's just awesome to see something like that. Is you know, it's tied to someone's performance and you know their marketability and you know what they've done for the sport. Yeah, to a degree, because like Connor could, he never could never fight again. Could it's never probably fight still again. Worth. Could really could do something really stupid tomorrow, mm-hmm. and his market would probably dip. But twenty years from now, when the Conor McGregor documentary comes out, yeah. and and kids are reintroduced to him, everybody's going to be looking for those Conor McGregor cards. From 2020, when they debuted in, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but that that's that's the thing. That's why guys like that are a safe bet. Whereas, uh, you know, there there are guys like Kamzat's not a guarantee right now, though he looks pretty good. Uh, you know. And we we have him. He's fighting Nate Diaz next, right? Yeah. Dude, that's gonna be interesting. Wild. Very interesting. Yeah. Which Nate is insane, man. He's he'll call for anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Nate was the one who wanted it. Yeah. Well, he said he'd fight. Um. Who did he say he'd fight? He Francis like, Ngannou. Francis Ngannou's <laughs> got, had knee surgery, so I guess it's got to be Kamzat. Yeah, I'm like, and the dude probably would fight him too, you know? <laughs> Pay me enough, I'll fight him. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. I mean, it's just a, it's a it's an ever-evolving sport, and I'm excited about it. I feel like um, any other sport, although all sports I feel like have their place and are well-respected, 
this is one that's continuing to evolve and hasn't hit its peak yet. Yeah. You know, an evolution. Well, fighting's so wonderful, right? Because everybody can relate to a fight. Fighting's life's great metaphor. And not only is it, it, it takes us somewhere primal, but it, it's simultaneously very noble as well. And, and that's what's so profound about it. Not to mention, what better way for a young man is there to truly express yourself? Express yourself, your skills. Or young lady. Or young lady. Yeah, yeah your, your ability to, your ability, well, there, there, there's a lot of outlets for these young ladies to express themselves. Yeah. Not as many for these young men to. I understand, let's, yeah, I agree. Let's be real. And, and, and fighting is, yeah. For me, like, what else would I do? How else would I, could I show the world who I am? You know, I can't sing. <laughs> I don't know how to write a song, unfortunately. I wish I did, maybe one day. But uh, there are people in this world, like my, my best bud, Luke. Luke could see a silhouette of me fighting. Like, not know, it, you know, like, kind of, who's that Pokemon yeah. of me fighting? And Luke could look at it and say, that's matched now unmistakably. And there's other people in this world who could do that. There's that much of a signature on the way that I do things, the way that I move, the way that I, that I perform and express myself that you could tell without seeing my face. That's a very good point. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that's the art in it. Yeah, right? I mean, yes, it it's most definitely is an art form, and it's one of the, the probably the oldest art forms yeah. if you think about it. Right. And, and going back to this last performance and how everything played out, I'm, I'm smitten by, by the way it went. It could have gone the opposite way, and I'd be sitting here you know, not feeling so good. And I, I understand that, and I, I honor that, and I respect it, and I think that's the, the part of it that's, that's noble. But, man, ain't it something to, to go out there, perform like that, throw your hands in the air and, and tell the world, I freaking told you so. Yeah. And uh, that, that's, that's what it felt like to me. I feel like we've turned a corner here. I'm really excited about the future. Uh, I'm, I'm getting better still. I'm 32 years old. Um, I can't say that. Uh, I, I used to be the young gun. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that, bro. Was you were the youngest guy. kid in the room for the, a while. I was the guy yeah. on the mat that that everybody looked to. That were like, wait, wait, wait for this kid to come. Yeah, up. but I'm not that guy anymore. You know, I look around. I'm the oldest guy on the mat now. Very often, most of the times. So, how does that feel? How does that feel in the gym? Uh, it it don't feel like anything because most of the people that I train with they respect me and and they look to me. And, that's what I was getting at. Like, how does it feel I, to I see, thrive in that position? To, to to be able to, you're you're at the peak of your you know career, and you're still and you're training with these guys who are, who may be up and comers too, um, and they're fresh. You know there's, what I mean? There's really nothing more fulfilling in this whole wide world, uh, and I think I think it's one of the things you know people cast shade and throw around nasty things about how how our civilization operates. You know, uh, whether it's capitalism or. Or, or patriarchy or any of this fucking nonsense. Yeah. Uh, but what what is true is is there's real mentorship that occurs in my line of work, and and there's a whole bracket of guys that w- would consider themselves my guys that just have have come in contact with me briefly and they see me maybe once twice a week. But I have an impact on these guys and they have an impact on me. And there's nothing. Uh, when I was over at West Chase with my, you know, Upiano gave me a job. I, I was living right around the corner, so it was really easy for me get, to get over there. Now I live in Humble, and it, the, the gym's so far away. Yeah. But there, there'll come another time when, when I get my own little squad together and, and start running practices again and, 
and, and we'll start bringing guys through. But there's nothing more fulfilling in this world to me than watching my boys go out there and get it done the way that we practice and the way that we, we dreamed about and, and put into play and uh, drilled day in and day out and talked about these spots. And then to go out there and see them do it, I, I'm telling you, there there's nothing in this world that makes me feel more alive and, and more complete than, than when that happens. It's, it's something people don't understand until they do it. Like <clears throat> coaching and mentoring is something that's so – Sometimes it's looked down upon. Like someone says, "Well, if you don't teach, if you don't, you can't do teach." You know, or whatever. That's completely, I think, false. And I think that some people are just great at coaching, and maybe they weren't as amazing a performer. But you're an amazing performer, and you're a good coach. Like, in, there's something. There are to be better said coaches that. too. You know? Oh, like, there's always like, some. You like, know, like I think, coaches. I think that a lot of times guys that didn't necessarily have much success do coach extremely well because yeah. they're they're more. Imp- I, you know, I don't know exactly. I I would have to. You know, think think more on that on on why exactly that is. But I've come into contact with great instructors that didn't have the success that I did. Doesn't mean I don't listen to them. Right. I mean, most of the people that I surround myself That's a good point. with uh, aren't didn't reach the top ten in their in their weight class. You know, but that doesn't mean that what they have to say isn't valuable. It's quite the opposite. And. Uh, through through people's experiences, that's that's what's so good. And just because I've reached the top ten, and because I might fight for that gold belt buckle one day, oh, it's happening. I do, it's doesn't happen. necessarily mean that I'm the greatest, and that you should listen to everything that I have to say. You, you should always, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. For me, the, what's been so great about my career is I've always been the freaking captain of this thing. And I, there have been, I have had help along the way, and I'm grateful for Christian Fulgums and people who let me sleep on their couches and not pay rent. And, you know, Aaron Phillips even, I, I slept, you know, I, I lived at his, I, he, he let me move in with him for a little bit there in Lafayette. Those guys, they, they've been instrumental in, in my uh, skill cultivation. But... Uh, at the end of the day, too, I'm the one who walks out there and fights these motherfucking fights. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we we gotta, I gotta take a little bit of the credit, and I'm the one who's ultimately made the decisions on where I go to train, what I work on, and when you watch me fight and watch, you know, it it, it really it really is it means something to me when you say, man, you've come a long way, your skills, like I, dude, there's not there's no there's no place within fighting that that a fight can take place in which I'm not competent. Yeah, and that's I've spent time doing that, filling filling the goal, the, the the gaps, filling in the holes, and yeah, you've uh, you've definitely earned your keep. I mean that just yeah, I mean that just goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, but seeing that and just seeing the development, and you know, knowing that I'm minuscule, and, and you know, my my any of my judgment or what's, anything. What's interesting though, DJ, don't don't minimize the fact that you saw me then versus you see me right, now. Right, right, right. And you can see the difference. And even if you had no fight training, which you do, you've trained quite a bit. Yeah. You could see the difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's very yeah, it's very apparent like and anyone can. So that's something that's extremely important. And that's through work. And and I think I I'm, I'm not talking to anyone specific here, but you have to you not that I'm the most humble guy in the world or anything, but you have to have a, a, a touch of humility about you to put yourself into a spot to admit, I don't know about this. You know, I, I, I went to Thailand and kickboxed yeah. in Thailand. And, you know, anytime you stand in front of a new coach teaching you a new style, they'll talk to you as if you don't know anything about anything. And they're right in some capacity. And to face that, you have to die a little bit. You have to admit that I don't know. 
but that's the first step in getting better. I think a lot of times around here, people get stuck in their ways. And it's unfortunate to me because I can see how these fights play out. And I can see from an outside perspective, and maybe I give a little advice and people push back on me. And I'm just like, dude, like, I don't care how old they are. I don't care. Like, we're out here fighting real people. You got to have a little humility about yourself and admit, like, okay, I didn't prepare my guy properly for this. I can't yell at him because he's not doing the thing that he should know how to do because we never do it, and I'm the one who teaches him how to do this thing. Yeah. You know? That, that and is if, you're not, if you can't teach him everything, that's fine. It's okay to not know everything. You're good at what you're good at. Your guys should have that in their game. But to round it out, you may need to branch out a little bit. Try something new. Maybe, maybe have a good relationship with somebody you haven't had a good relationship with before. It takes a lot for someone to swallow their pride. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that in this world, in this fight world, there is so much drama. And people take everything to the grave with them. We've seen it a million times with different rival gyms and different coaches and different training partners. And it's this sport. Well, I don't think it's just around here. I think it's everywhere. It is everywhere. You know, which you would know because you've been everywhere in this sport. But just on the outside looking in, I see it. I'm just like, why is that? And I think it comes down to the camaraderie is so thick in this sport. We're, We're so intertwined. It's not... Family, you don't it, get to pick, you know. Right. Like, it but does this, create like a tribal aspect. Yeah, like right? almost like yeah. you do not, uh, you know, do anything to dishonor this, you know, this tribe. And, and what's weird is that happens even at the highest level gyms. You're I absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right because even at American Top Team, I like American Top Team, but it's it's a huge facility with like 15 mini gyms within it. Yeah. And they all kind of click up and they all kind of beef and there's always kind of this tension here and there. It wasn't like that for me. I kind of coasted and that's how I've always done. I've been able to navigate those things well, even here in Shreveport. Like when when Brent and Donnie and 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 yeah, Jake you're all, and you're able to still go everywhere. Yeah, which is which is just means that you're you're not feeding you that. You're looking at the bigger picture, right? And, and I think a lot of people probably even back then did take offense to it, and people probably still take offense to the way that I do things even to this to this day. But to me, it's the best way to round out my skill set. It's the best way to get the, the, the bigger picture. And there does have to be a at, at a point, we, we do have to cinch it down a little bit. That's why I've hunkered down between Dallas and between Houston. Like That's why I keep it when I fight. And I kind of subordinate to Safe and Eve and Alex Chang because those guys have to, they have to you know, be able to point me in the right direction. But... Um, you know, I those are the guys that I pick for myself. Yeah, because I think that they can get me to where I'm trying to go. Well, I think that you used to, you see the sport evolving, and, and more people are, are, I think, taking your advice at your level. It seems that way because you see people who they used to talk like when you would bring, when we do the commentary and stuff. You used to would want to announce the coach because the coach was like, okay, if this guy's with this gym or with this, we talked about that a little yeah. bit, but if with this coach that. He's just going to be phenomenal, but it's not so much that way anymore. There's there's people coming from everywhere, and they're educating themselves and becoming well-rounded and working with multiple coaches and multiple gyms, and just like you've always done. Yeah. And I think you probably were pioneer for that mindset. I think. And, and yeah. that being said, I do think that there's something to being a part of something and being a part of a team. I'm yeah, not, of course, I'm not, of course. I'm not saying, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean we were we were a part of team together, and but you know, like you, I feel like you're always going to have your core team. But you're open to you shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid of trying something right, new. Right. You shouldn't. You also shouldn't be afraid of straight up saying, "Look, I don't know." 
Mm-hmm. Let's go to the place that does. Like you have to have that humility. And some of the best instructors I've run into, some of the best coaches I've run into are not the guys with the big names, not the guys who get all the press, but uh, they're the ones who are the most open-minded, who are willing to say like, okay, I don't understand this very well, but you know who does? These guys are doing this well. Let's go check out what they're doing. Yep. We go over there. We, we train with them. Become a part of it somewhat. Become you know the, the camaraderie happens, and then we pick up a part of that system, and then I'm able to see like, okay, this is how they're doing it. This is how I do it. Maybe let's do it like this, and maybe it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, and maybe it's not, <laughs> but well, it's trial I, and error. You know, no, I, it's something I talk about in like um, in the world of business. So many people say, well, don't you know? Uh, Oh, you're doing something with so and so, so I'm not going to do it, man. There's enough to go around. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you got to keep that mindset of there's there's plenty to go around, and that, like it's that, <laughs> always. We've had the, the last time I was on this podcast. I'm pretty sure we had this conversation. Dude, I can't. I got to beat it in the ground that I yeah, love talking about. It's, it. it's like, dude, if if you want martial arts to to succeed around you have here, to support it. you have to support it, and to support it, it has to rest upon pillars, not just one gym. But there needs to be multiples because you need somebody across the town that, that's getting good that you have to keep up with. I mean, that's how that's how you build. That's how you sharpen the blade. There's got to be an arms race within this city, and not in a not in a like f you. I'm a poop on your right. porch type right. of way. You know, <laughs> like like make it a healthy competition so that everybody is improving along the way. Like, man, these guys are wrestling well over there. Okay, we're gonna have to start anti-wrestling we're gonna have to start you know pushing like going through these positions a little more because this is what they're doing well that's how you build something yeah that's how you make an area strong you don't do it by don't go train with them only train with us it's they're not as good he didn't fight as many fights as i fought so i know more it's like bro who cares train Get ready for fights. I tell these guys, like, I used to worry about that nonsense, too, when I was coming up around here in Shreveport. Yeah. I'd look across, who are the new teams popping up? They got somebody for me to fight? Let's go, yeah. Nobody yeah. ever did, you know? Yeah. You know why? Because I was a bad little guy around here. Yeah. And there was a there was going to come a day where I was going to be fighting the best guy from an entire country. Not 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 the other guy from across the way in, in Bossier yeah. that trains close to Parkway High School. I don't give a frick. I'm about to fight the guy from the the only representative of an entire country of Tibet. I'm about to go and fight their best guy, their number one guy. That's who I'm fighting. I don't give a frick about that guy. In fact, if that guy across the way can make me better so that I can get ready for the, the kid from Tibet or to go fight the kid from Japan or to go and fight the kid from Brazil, that's that's what I need. That's a really good way to put it. I love it. That's a warrior mentality right there. Like I'm, I'm about to go. I'm representing me fighting – this entire representative of the civilization of this weight class. Yeah, you know you're what I mean? not at war with your neighbor. No, your you're neighbor not. can help you get ready yeah. for the guy across the freaking yeah, country and even across still across the continent. And then uh, in, in, in the in the next continent. And then once you compete against that person, you both took something from that and you move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's never like I I do enjoy the the there's a newfound sportsmanship and we see a lot and we're seeing a lot in these amateur guys like. It, that used to not be there. Yeah. I remember when we would stack in, bro, and yeah. it was animosity. And you, everybody, dude, and everybody, bro. Every, the, that was that was pre Danger Karate yeah. Mafia. The bandanas, yeah. <laughs> but I just I re- didn't come rocking out with a bandana. Bro, that was never either, my man. vibe. But I remember just I just remember the you know animosity and the and how thick the room was yeah. um, in the days of you know how that sport. It's just how the sport was yeah. formed, man. Yeah. It was just such a 
such a um man it's, oh, I don't even know how to put this it's a gladiator days like it just as the sport has evolved and it's become more um it's become more respectable to to all audiences you know what I mean it really has a more honorable and I and I think it's you guys are on an amazing platform now what you're doing is extremely well respected you know around like yeah. just full full fledged but dude we could keep ranting i mean do you <laughs> let's wrap this thing up here in a minute but do you have anything uh any plugs anything you want to mention man anything you got coming up besides fight stuff yeah i'm i'm mostly focusing on fight stuff i'll, I'll be hitting some card shows here over the next couple of months probably hitting some ufc events too but i'll be here for the aka events uh, hopefully they they keep on bringing me back in uh, yeah, just just happy, thankful, thankful to be a representative of this area. I look forward to giving back as well. Uh, the, I, there there are some things that I would like to put in place, some some ideas and thoughts of uh, ways to ways to help uh, make this community better. I know this community's been hurting, uh, kind of thrashed by gang violence here recently, and that's something that I think that uh, you know it takes it takes strong. Uh, forthright masculine people to to help fight against stuff like that so i think that i can i can help so th- there are there are thoughts there are ideas uh, i want i want to start giving back to this community love being from here thankful really happy i i, I only root for these guys you know I, I know sometimes we can sit here and we can talk about it and i can kind of seem but i just want to see this area do better my my niece trains over at the compound uh she's she's getting better every day i'm i'm just uh she came out and trained with me in houston a a couple weeks ago and i was just so impressed by how far she's come because the last time i saw her i was like girl how long you been training you better get to work she's gotten to work she's gotten a lot better so I'm, i'm proud of that and i think that's a testament to what those guys are doing but uh proud to be from here love this area love all the guys i came up with still really close to everybody but I just think we should all come together a little bit better, respect each other a little bit more. You know? I couldn't agree more, man. That's it, bro. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I mean, for coming on, man, and I Thanks appreciate ha- it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. That's a wrap. My man.